Hi, and welcome to episode 323 of No Crying in Baseball, the I Love Rock and Roll episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend, Alexander. Alexander, hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm very I, excited for this. <laughs> I am so happy that you're here. So Potty Mouth is off visiting um, her dad in, in Boston. And I think hiding from the whole Baltimore thing, although she claims she's on the bandwagon. So we'll see. We'll see when she comes back. But my friend Alexander has agreed to sit in. Alexander, can you please introduce yourself? Yes. Yeah, so uh, hi to all the listeners. I'm Alexander Dacey. I am currently a sports writer uh, at the Frederick News Post in Frederick, Maryland. I cover high school sports, also college, a little bit of professional stuff. But um, long, long history with baseball. I grew up playing, played all through high school. Uh, and now I get to cover it a lot, which is very fun. Um, still not covered a major league game, though that hopefully that will be coming sometime soon. There's a somewhat decent chance I may get to do that next year. We'll have to see. But, Fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's very fun to do this. Um, I guess I should probably throw in how I know you. Um, I went to school with uh, with, with your son Camden, uh, and we're we're friends. So. That's the uh, that that's the end there. <laughs> which which makes you yes. like the second person that has written for <laughs> Silver Chips, the the, yes. <laughs> the, the newspaper at Blair High School, and um and also um in addition to that, you and I share space in the press box over the summer sometimes for the Thunderbolts games when I get to be the PA announcer and you volunteer to keep score, which I really appreciate because that's just a thankless job. It's it's I, I started doing that when I was twelve, which like always surprises me and surprises people for how long I've been doing it but I I, lo I love it I mean I I still came back you saw me on some weekends this this past summer even though I'm like now you know I'm proud that Frederick's far from Silver Spring but like I'm still coming you know still come down on weekends and do it I just I just love it it's so much fun <laughs> well we are absolutely grateful I'm, I'm a really good scorekeeper if I can just slow down the play on the field I can't do it in real time I just can't keep up keep yeah. up but um, so in honor of you being here from Frederick, I am drinking a Berry Lemon Crush from 10th Ward Distillery, which is based in Frederick, Maryland. And we are recording a little bit of context. We're recording at noon on Sunday. So we have finished game one in the division series, and we have not yet started any of the game twos. And so it's brunch, and so I'm having a Berry Crush on today's show. The postseason, including remembering some guys and the myth of the home field advantage. We've got guys in all the leagues. There's some community in Arizona, which begs the question, can a whole organization earn boyfriend status? If it's not your postseason, it's clearly your house cleaning season. When baseball and music collide and the police blotter featuring scabs and some really terrible human beings. Do you want to kick us off, Alexander? Sure. So I guess we can get into the playoffs. Um, my, my note I have here says the wild card round sucked again, but MLB made lots and lots of money. It was uh, lots of not competitive games in the wild card round, which I I guess is kind of what happens when you expand to a six team format when you know that's you're getting close to now half the teams in each individual league making it. So you're going to get some lopsided games. Now, some of them are lopsided maybe, I guess, in ways we didn't expect. Like, I don't, I, I, I didn't pick Texas beating Tampa. I don't know how many yeah. people did, but, you know. I was hoping. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just sort of how these things go. But, again, I'm sure MLB is very happy. Be, and, and ESPN and Disney because of all the money they made. So. Yeah, I can't decide how I feel about it. I do feel a little mm -hmm. bit like it's a money grab for sure, but I do like how it really kept a lot of teams – committed 
to the to the very end rather than just throwing in the towel, you know, in early September. No, and that's and that's definitely a good thing. And I guess if you're going from the like, and I know MLB's trying to de-incentivize tanking. Um, I know with the new with the new draft lottery, those very convoluted rules, and now I guess the the expanded playoffs, it does sort of try to keep things more competitive, which is which is good at least during the regular season. You know, I guess it does call for some less than stellar you know, opening, opening around playoff games. But again, it, 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 I guess, again, you can sort of argue the give and take of both. Um, I'm slightly more of a purist in that I, the less teams, the better, but you know, it, 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 it really, it really just, I guess, kind of depends. And, and again, you're to your point, you know, keeping it competitive is good. And I, I I'll even throw this as an example. One of my friends from college, uh, he's from South Florida. So he's a huge Marlins fan. And he, and he, he just couldn't believe the fact that the Marlins were like going on this run where, they they really should not have been in contention, but they were. And then they made the playoffs. And yeah, they got they got crushed by the Phillies, but they made the playoffs. And that's you know that's that's keeping fans interested. So well, you know, I guess you can kind of take it or leave it both ways. Yeah, I think so far with the with the the um the three wild card mm-hmm. berth system, only one series has gone to three games. The rest of it's right. all been sweeps. It's all been sweeps in the past two years. So that is kind of the, the little bit of evidence for well, maybe that's not the thing to do, but. I always feel like more baseball is better than less baseball. Well, more baseball is better than less baseball. That is very, very true. Um, yeah, I just, I just always get a little cynical with major sports organizations and their monetary incentives. So. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, you sent me this tweet that showed the 2012. American League wildcard game lineup between the O's and the Rangers. And it just made me so happy. Like part of it was, oh yeah, I do remember those guys. And part of it is these guys are still playing. There's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of those guys that are still playing. I mean, do you have any favorites in there that you're like, oh well, my God. I think the, the first thing, I guess, just looking straight up at the Orioles lineup is I totally forgot that Jim Tomey had like a late period moment with the Orioles. He is so good on Immaculate Grid. I use him about once a week on Immaculate Grid. He's, he, it's like, and I think he, I don't think he, he did go back to Cleveland, right? Very briefly after that. Yeah. So it, I guess this wasn't the end for him, but he's one of those guys where I guess it's like, from when I grew, you know, growing up through the 2000s and the 2010s, it's like a guy who you knew had a peak like a little bit before you were paying attention but he's just a legendary guy and then he shows up on the Orioles for a year and then he leaves. So it's, it's one of those fever dream kind of things, but yeah. Yeah. yeah and then, you well, know, Adam Jones, who threw out the first pitch for and game one and JJ Hardy just... throws JJ Hardy's doing game two uh, today on Sunday. So oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, that... so it seems <laughs> like gives the whole t- crowd a chance to yell J J Hardy one more time. It, it seems like they're just ticking through all the guys on this, uh, yeah. <laughs> all the guys in this lineup. Um, I think my, my 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 other favorite note is that the last two batters in this order are Ryan Flaherty and Manny Machado, uh, and Ryan Flaherty is now like an assistant coach for the Padres, so he's now coaching Manny Machado. Manny Machado. <laughs> um, okay, quick quick viewpoint on yeah. Manny Machado. Generally, thumbs up or thumbs down? Gen- slightly thumbs up, leaning thumbs up. General okay. generally thumbs up. Um, there's there's sometimes he does some things that make me scratch my head, but. Broadly speaking, growing up in an era where him and Bryce Harper were kind of coming up together again, yeah. I, I guess I should also throw the context of I am a like day one Washington Nationals fan. So, uh, of course, like uh, you know, I'll take take the Nats any day, but I still like the Orioles and 
them kind of coming up together their their sort of rise together was a very big staple of like the early to mid 2010s for me growing up oh sure well you know and then on the rangers there's all these guys that i don't remember being on the rangers i mean See, nelson cruz speaking of somebody nelson who's cruz. really good for immaculate grid hey right? he's, he's, on, he's on both of our teams that's for, right uh, for a, year, a fever dream of a year right <laughs> um yeah the, the craig gentry mention is the one that that threw me at the end i he's another guy that just sort of exists <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, no offense to Craig Gentry if you're listening, but... What are the odds? So, yeah. so I have to point out Mike Napoli for mm. two reasons. One is, you know, Potty Mouth loved him for the Red Sox. Yeah. He was part of my, my, my Cleveland experience, too. Party at Napoli's. Yeah. But the most important thing is Potty Mouth once dressed as Mike Napoli for Halloween. Oh, that's awesome. With the... And... With the the beard, the, the whole beard thing. And everything, yeah. We, we met him when we volunteered for the All Star Game in Cleveland, just just for like one little photo ops where they just like yeah. shuffle you on stage. You stop there for ten seconds. Mm-hmm. You say hi. You get a picture and you go. And I I did embarrass her a little bit by saying she dressed as you for Halloween, and then we were out. And I don't oh, even know no. if you even heard me, but I felt good about saying that. <laughs> it's like yeah. you say that you just awkward silence and you just and we're out. <laughs> but the photo lasts forever. It's somewhere That's on Facebook. Good. Oh my god. Anybody else you want to bring up before we uh, move on to more, to more uh, postseason talk? Um, those are kind of the main guys. Um, yeah. I, I just oh, um, I guess we have a Mark Reynolds mention for the Orioles. Uh, we the two of us went to a Nats game where we saw him hit for hit ten RBIs in a game. Yeah, for sure. That, and then <laughs> that certainly was a thing that happened at one point in time. <laughs> and then now it's like the where is he now? Yeah, and I, I think but, he, yeah. yeah. I don't know if he's he like retired or something shortly after that, right? Or is I, he just a I, free agent? I, I think he's retired, but you know what? Yeah. We have a corrections department that we hear from on a regular basis. Okay. So I'm sure someone will let us know, so we don't even have to do the hard work of looking that up. <laughs> I want to talk about home field advantage for a minute because it's such a freaking big deal, right? Wherever you're seated, you get the home field advantage. And I don't, I'm, I think it's great for the fans. And the teams say we love to have our fan base yelling, but the results don't necessarily hold up, especially recently. I want to bring up Tampa Bay for a second because we talked about their whole <laughs> new stadium deal last week. So they hosted their wild card series in which they were swept. They had 19,704 people there for game one. That's the lowest attendance in a postseason game since the Black Sox World Series game seven in 1919. It was horrifying. Yes, I may have been watching it while technically at work, but still, that's why I'm a big monitor. I could just be in the corner. It's fine, but you know, they're like, oh, it's a three o'clock start time. You know, the next day there were 20, there were 20,000 people. There was, you know, just barely a few people more than the, the, the day before. Oh, no, it's 3 o'clock start time. Who can go? It's like your team's in the playoffs. You take vacation time. You lie to your kid's mm-hmm. school and say they're sick. You do, do what you do to go to the damn playoff game. Right. And, I mean, I think – I will say some of it is probably, like, the fact that it is a midweek start time. But it's also, like, I – I don't know, and this might just, I don't want to sound like ignorant outsider here about the Tampa Bay Rays, but it feels like the Rays are, are a team where they really should have, should be cultivating more of a fan base. And I do know a couple of Rays fans and they are like diehards, but it's like outside of that real, I guess, small diehard core, they haven't done enough or they haven't like, I guess, put in enough effort to sort of make it so, oh, a playoff game is happening. I, I need to drop everything and go or I need to like go to a watch party or do something like do something like that. So 
I, I think some of it, you know, a lot of that is probably just organizational thing, and they, they probably haven't done done their fans any favors by like to, by sort of jangling the like Montreal keys in, in their face the last couple of years, and obviously yeah. that you know that's not happening, but it's like I, I they, the the ownership I'm sure is not 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 done themselves any favors and makes you go now why are we not getting anybody here when we've basically tried to drive people away for the last 5 10 15 years yes clearly the thing that we're yeah. actually doing as opposed to what we think we're doing is working but right. you know i read this this piece on the mm -hmm. on the attendance and the, the the fans who were there were all pissed like why are there empty yeah. seats because right. they're there i mean don't blame them they're the ones who did show exactly. up right oh my gosh so in the first round of the division series three of the four teams that were the home team lost and two of them lost really badly so atlanta who has rabid fans um by the way i don't i think we talked about it before so on this show they're atlanta or the hammers we don't refer right. to them by their their given name so the hammers were shut out at home by the phillies for the first time all season they were not shut out at home in the regular season at all phillies come in and beat them three nothing i like this series because it's like the chaos of the mm -hmm. phillies against like the very finely oiled machine that is the hammers and chaos in the playoffs i'll take him anytime i i normally will take chaos too except for the fact that these might be two of my three most hated mlb teams given the whole washington nationals thing sure um, so i i just hope if there's a way that both teams could lose this series i would take it but i guess it's like the Phillies are technically the scrappy underdogs and they have so many former nationals that it's like, right. I, th there's a part of me that wants like guys like Trey Turner to do well, but it's also like, uh, I don't know. I also was at a Nats Phillies game this year and had some questionable run-ins with Phillies fans. So it's oh, for like, sure. I yeah. don't want you to do well. <laughs> did you watch any of this game? Did you see the Atlanta fans throwing trash on the field? I did not see that. No, I only heard about that this morning after after the game. And this is not I would say this is not the uh, first time there's been trash on the field in Atlanta in a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of yeah. hoping to see footage of the Atlanta players facing their fans saying, you know, mm. stop this. Right. Which they, they did not do. So they just sort of like, you know, sat back and, you know, mm. let people who are paid to do it clean it up but um i was really kind of appalled and kind of amused like you know you pick pick on phillies fans all the time mm -hmm. normally with very good reason but they're not the only ones no and they're i get I, ones. maybe because maybe because the nats have not been good recently but i remember there i i've also had some issues with braves fans in the past so i this is not you know oh, just yeah. furthering, the, furthering the whole thing oh for sure for sure. And, you know, we tend to write them off because they still do the damn chop. So yeah, um, there's that, which is one of the reasons I'm pro Phillies. Mm -hmm. I also kind of want a Phillies O's series. I know that's that pie in the fun. sky. That would wouldn't be that be really fun? fun? That would I mean, be totally I, fun. Yeah, O's all the way, of course, but that would be oh, really that's fun. For sure. Hey, so the Dodgers got blown the heck out by Arizona, which no one saw coming. Arizona went 11 to 2, drove out Clayton Kershaw in the first inning. His record pitching against Arizona in Dodger Stadium had been 14 and 0. He'd been undefeated. He'd won every game he started against Arizona at Dodger Stadium until yesterday when he didn't make it out of the first inning home field advantage. I, I guess it's one of those things where it's like the two forces you've got how good Kershaw is versus Arizona at home versus he's horrible in the playoffs. Right. And I guess yeah. the horrible in the playoffs I guess is way stronger in this case but like 
it's really remarkable just how good he is. But then like the second you throw him in a playoff situation, it, it all falls apart. And even like, when, is that like, all in his head? Do you think he just can't get I, out of his I, own I, head that's about what it? Or? I have to think. And I mean, even when they won the world series in 2020, he was, I mean, he was definitely better in, in that, in that run, but it wasn't like, you know, he's, he's just not the same like guy who you literally cannot touch with your bat for seven, eight innings at a time. It's like he just, he just. I, I, I guess it's mental. That's that's my best guess at this point. It, it's so weird. So, such a weird anomaly, and in something that you would not expect. One of my O's fans' friends mm-hmm. regularly says, "We should have tried for Kershaw. We should have tried for Kershaw. We need an ace. We should have tried for Kershaw." And I keep saying, "No, no, no, no." And I don't know if this will put it to bed or if it's still that. Mm-hmm. But the regular season, I don't know. Um, O's lost yesterday, three two. Uh, I'm sorry to say, might have been on Gunner um, mm. for his base running snafu there, but I, it also could be a rally cap snafu. And I, mean, I, I don't get your ruling on this. I put my rally cap on immediately for the ninth mm. inning because you know, and then Gunner got a hit right away. And I'm texting Potty Mouth in Boston, right. who's at like a birthday party for for a family party, who said I want to do a rally cap, but I've only got Red Sox caps, and someone said that would be wrong. And I was like, I think it's the intent. I think you rally cap with whatever cap you have. And she's like, I'm worried. And we kept talking about it. In the meantime, Gunner got thrown out, got caught stealing. And what do you think about the whole rally cap if it's not the correct team? I I think it. I think I'm kind of more on the side of whatever you have, you just sort of roll with it because it's like, I I, I guess on the one hand, I do understand like, yeah, it wasn't an Orioles cap, so you could conceivably curse or jinx them. But it's also like. Not it wasn't a Texas cap. I mean, that yeah. would be the... <laughs> right. And it's also like, not. it's like, yeah, the Red Sox are not involved. And also, sometimes you might just not have an Orioles cap handy, you know? And if, if, if you Some have... Some people a... don't, you know? Yeah, In I Boston, like... a lot of people don't. Right. <laughs> so if you if you just have a, a hat and if, if, if at least your stated, if your stated intent is to, in this case, help the Orioles, even if it's not an Orioles cap, and I guess as long as it's not a, not a Texas cap, you're probably fine. Then again, See, also, I, I've I, I've also soured recently in the, or in the last couple of years when, from playing on the effectiveness of rally caps because I used to do it all the time. But then when I would do it, if we were trying to rally when I was playing a game, we like it, it wouldn't always work, so that I would just stop doing it. Um, uh, like, I, so like, I, it's baseball is such a superstitious game, right? But it's like there's some you're like, okay, I actually believe if I do this, it works. And there's some where you're like. Man, the results are just not holding up under any sort of scrutiny <laughs> whatsoever. Look at you throwing cap. like science and logic and stuff at baseball. What the heck? <laughs> oh okay, so the only team to yeah. win at home yesterday was Houston, which I'm not excited about. But there were a couple of things that I think are important to mention. One is El Tuve, of course, homered off the very first pitch, which made him the only person in what they're calling the pitch count era, which is the last 36 hmm. years, to homer off the first pitch in the first game their, their team played in the postseason which is kind of cool. He also has eight first game home runs for postseason games, which makes him at the top of the list, followed by Manny Ramirez at seven home runs hit in a first game of a series. But my favorite stat, because the athletic pulls this stuff out is it was also the biggest home run height differential in postseason history. It's a 15 inch differential because Altuve is five, six and he hit the home run off of Bailey Ober, who is six, nine. The second largest height differential is Jose Altuve versus Tyler Glasnow, otherwise known to us as the Disney Prince. But um, yeah, that, that, that was just a stat that I'm happy exists. 
that's that I, that's one of those where it's like it doesn't actually mean anything but it's it's so much fun it's so much and fun to know. i mean you could maybe i guess theoretically extrapolate some meaning from it right because you're like if he's if he's so short and like bailey's thrown from such a tall release point like that actually would you know mess with you a little bit because there's got to be some degree of difficulty in like watching right. the release point you know where yeah all that stuff right but it's it's yeah, I I just love things like that where it's like it's it's technically meaningless, but it it means something to me because it's it's so it's so enjoyable. I just like that somebody figured that out. Also, right. <laughs> so on this show, we have what we call our baseball boyfriends, which is really just a guy we pick on every team for a season. We do it over the postseason, usually profile. So we have some people to follow that that people may not know that much about. And since you weren't in on the beginning of the season and didn't have a chance to pick a guy for every team, I'm going to invite you to tell us about some of the people that you like to follow through the season and where they're at. So for me, it's really at this point, a former, former Nats watch. I mean, most of the, most of everybody who I like have had some, you know, deep connection with has been a Nats player. And most of those have since been shipped out or have moved on in some form or fashion. So the, the obvious one is Juan Soto. Um, I'm sure he, I know he came up last week on the podcast and I'm sure he comes, he's a frequent, uh, frequent mention for, for obvious reasons. But I mean, he had another great year. Um, I actually, I went, uh, we took our family vacation this summer, was out to San Diego. So I got to see a game at oh, Petco. Nice. Um, it, was, it, was a, it was a Saturday night Dodgers Padres game, which is a whole experience in and of itself. Um, Cause it's, it's like, Half the stadium's LA, half the stadium San Diego, and it's very spirited. But, but I, I was we we would get, did it feel we dangerous at all? No, no. What I, what what what? Whose whose jersey were you wearing? I, what, I, what? Soto Nats jersey. And okay. I, so Great. believe it or not, I actually ran into employees from the Nats who were touring like touring the facility because I guess they're they're in like marketing or something. Their job is I guess to like go to different stadiums and see like what. <laughs> what's up basically oh and my God. can improve things and so i'm like walking around by the way petco park is super cool if you've not been there's so many little like nooks and crannies you can kind of get lost in and the food is the food is amazing like we had we had tacos with lotus flower on them get like, out yeah it's amazing oh my God. And, and it's like not crazy expensive for what you would expect that to sound like so really good stadium but um but yeah so we, we were just sort of walking around and and all of a sudden we're, we're like there's a little like kind of Padres San Diego Hall of Fame in there and I hear like a go Nats so I sort of turn, like whip my head around these guys are wearing the like cherry blossom Nats polos and I'm like whoa what are you doing here and so we we chatted for a little bit um and then I got another one on the way out with the guy in a Nats hat so that was fun. nice but yeah so soda soda's a big one um he uh, that game, I think he had a he had like a game tying infield single um, or something. He uh, it was a really weird game. They uh, Padres were down three to one in the eighth, and then, and then the Dodgers bullpen just kind of collapsed, and they gave up seven runs. So it was a fun to see a comeback win. And uh, I the the Dodgers are kind of on like an evil like axis of evil teams for me. So for sure. I, I I I do like the Padres, even though I'm very happy we rated their farm system and well i hated the soto trade at the time and i there's still a part of me that has reservations i feel like we're actually going to come out come out ahead given how the padres can't seem to can't seem to take the next step given the immense amount of talent that they have right and the kids the nats got are, are doing well they're, they're, they're really showing good. up they're yeah. really good yeah. they're fun to watch 
They're, I mean, McKenzie, I guess McKenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams, they were already kind of MLB ready, I guess, quote unquote, mm-hmm. like when they came over. Um, so they had their first full seasons this year and were were pretty, pretty good. I know McKenzie Gore was, had a good start and then he was a little more up and down. C.J. really turned it on at the end. And he's actually now the Nats uh, single season stolen bases record holder. Like he passed Trey Turner. He, I was going to say on a team that had Trey the, Turner, the that's... Last game of the, the last game of the season, he still, I believe it was his 48th base, and it was, or his 47th or 48th base, and that was his single season record for the Nats. So okay, now we're going to do the apples and oranges versus, well, yeah. Trey did it under, you know, the old rules. Right. You know, but I'm okay with that. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah, I know. So, um, yeah. So, and, and then a lot of the rest of the guys, the big one being James Wood, uh, the, who's a top five prospect, he's an outfield, outfielder. Um, he's probably will be up next year. So, yeah, Soto, Soto's the big one. Um, I guess the only one I should throw a bone to is Max Scherzer. Um, did see, I don't know if you saw, he, uh, he isn't, he wasn't Camden Yards. He did throw a bullpen, but I know he's not, uh, he's not officially on the, on their ALDS roster. So just all the, all the 2010s Nats, because the 2000s Nats were either not good or have since retired. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, like, you, you've been dabbling in some other leagues, too, not just, uh, you know, you're, not, you're a fan of the major leagues, but you're actually working yes. with the other leagues. Right. So, uh, the, the sort of two, I guess I'll dovetail here first is with my, with minor league baseball, I guess if we're speaking of, like, James Wood and Nats prospects, um, we have from Frederick County, uh, so I guess a bit of broad context for my job. So, we, we cover everything within Frederick County, Maryland. So... That's 10 high schools, two, uh, 10 public high schools, two private high schools, college, uh, a couple colleges, and a couple like pro, semi-pro teams. Uh, and one of the big things we try to do is if we have a lot of our former high school athletes that we cover who make it into some sort of professional realm, you know, we try to catch up with them every now and then, see how it's going. And so one of them is, is a guy named Trey Lipscomb, who graduated from Urbana High School, actually fun, the fun connection with me is I played against him my very last high school baseball game <laughs> uh we, we 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 got shut out eight nothing okay <laughs> but um so Trey he he went to Urbana High School then he went to the University of Tennessee he only started for one year at third base but was like really really good third round draft pick by the Nationals in 2022 and he just starts moving on up through the organization because like every level he's at he just produces, and he, he's, he's, his very first at-bat was a home run in the minors uh, in Fredericksburg. He starts the season at Wilmington, has a, he gets better throughout, he, not even 50 games in, gets promoted to Harrisburg, and he just starts tearing the cover off the ball in Harrisburg. So I actually got to go up to Harrisburg to chat with him, and, and so that was technically the first, I guess, professional baseball game I've covered was I went to a to go cover a Harrisburg Senators game in June, which was pretty awesome. I've not uh, been there. I try to go a lot of my league games. I've not it, been to see the Senators it's a, yet. It's a surprisingly, like, like I don't, I don't, not exactly sure what I was expecting, but I guess I was expecting an older stadium because I know that team's been around for a while, but it's a nice stadium and it's, it's on, so it's on City Island, which is like an island in the middle of the river in Harrisburg. So it is a little awkward because you kind of have to like go over the bridge and then you got to turn down into this little, sort of weird island but it, it's it's a very very nice stadium uh and again kind of just tucked away tucked away on the island but yeah uh it's it, it that was a lot of fun and a very sort of 
surreal. Like, I guess this is tech, even though it was, even though it was there more to write about him than the actual game, you know, it, it was a, oh, hey, this is, you know, this is a first minor league, first professional baseball game, I guess I'm technically, technically writing about, which is cool. Um, that game, he did hit a home run, which was nice. perfect. And he's, uh, uh, now he was just recently named uh, by the Nats as their organization's defensive player of the year because he got um, he he had to turn into like a utility infielder because they he was at third but they have a Brady House as their top third base yep. prospect so he got called up in like mid July to Harrisburg so they're like well your bat is too valuable we gotta keep you in the lineup somehow so he just started moving all around wow. and. And it and it paid off. I mean, he got better throughout the year, and he's he's at he's in Arizona at the fall league now. And I mean, he the way he's moving, like he could theoretically start AAA next year and maybe get to the majors. Which wow. when I made that made the mention of maybe possibly covering a major league game, uh, whatever his first if he doesn't make the majors with the Nats, whatever his first home game is, that would be me. I would be there. So that would excellent. That would be fun. Oh, but um. Yeah, so that's that's the one. And then the other who I actually just got to talk to is we have a native of Middletown. Um, he didn't go to school. Uh, he went to Georgetown Prep, but he's from Middletown, which is in Frederick County. Uh, this guy named Chandler Redmond, who's a St. Louis Cardinals farmhand. Oh. His claim to fame is last season he had a game where he was only became just the second person ever to hit for the home run cycle in a game, which is hitting a solo home run, a two-run homer, a three-run homer, and a grand slam. How have I never heard the phrase game. home run cycle before? And now I want to see one happen. Yeah. Because, and that's so, got to be so rare. So there's only two professional players that have ever done it. It's never happened in the majors. Minors. And he was one of the two. Um, so I got to talk to him uh, about that huh. and just kind of the craziness of that day. And apparently his niece was born that day too. So it's like that day is like just greatest, you know, Go wow. goes up there in terms of like days you possibly cannot top. What so he he the Hall of Fame called him to get his bat. So oh my like, god, I don't know if it's still there. I think it was just like a temporary exhibit. But the bet he he did have some memorabilia displayed in the Hall of Fame from that game, which is pretty awesome. And it's like even if he was he like twenty like, two, he's he's twenty six now. Ah okay, um, all right. But still, yeah, so, and, and he's not like the thing is he's not on like the Cardinals prospect rings because he's a first baseman and they have like Goldschmidt and they have a couple other guys. Hard but, to break in there. But he led Double A in home runs this year, so it's like he's a guy who you could kind of see like even if he doesn't break through in St. Louis, someone might take a flyer on him just because he's got that kind of power. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he has never been above Double A, but I, I again another guy where. You could very easily see him in AAA. Maybe if somebody needs like a like an emergency power bat, call him up. Or is a guy like uh, to make another Nats comparison, Joey Manessis, where you know he's a guy who's just a career minor leaguer. He and then at thirty, and then at thirty, <laughs> just gets called up and just starts raking. Yeah. So wow. But, um, yeah. So th- those are those are two uh th- th- those are two uh pretty cool things I've cool people I guess I've I've been getting to catch up with talk to recently. Um, I guess the other local connection, I know you have a smile on your face because I think we've talked about this before, is the yep. is the Atlantic League, which had it has slash had question mark a team in Frederick for a year, a very weird year. Um they announced they were putting a team in Frederick for the twenty twenty three season, a nameless team, because they did not think that far ahead and uh were a little bit late to 
late to naming it. So the team did not have a name for the first two months of the season. And then they were playing with no name. They were playing with no name. They were just the Frederick Atlantic League baseball team or something that's what like we that. would call them if they had like a, a name we didn't want to say out loud because it was you know offensive in some way right so i i literally think what basically what happened was they didn't start the name they want to do like a name the team contest get the, the community involved right sure. which, which a lot of these teams do and it's fun it produces some interesting interesting things uh but they they didn't do that until february and the season started in april and they were like well now we're not going to have any time to like get uniforms prepared, get like our branding right, get all that stuff. So so they basically leaned very hard into the fact that they did not have a name for two months. And they wore these jerseys that were basically like, you know, the things that like the Riddler wears, like with the question marks. <laughs> yes. It's literally like that, but just with Maryland flag colors as the question marks. And then I thought it was going to be like the generic thing, like the black and white with the block letters and the no, you know, no. beer. And it didn't say Frederick. It just had the like all the question marks all over. <laughs> in, in And each one was like red, black, gold. They, they had a like just a generic black and white question mark hat, which oh was my God, that's fantastic. super bizarre, but very unique. And they leaned super hard into it. And eventually they got a name. They were the Spire City Ghost Towns was the or, or ghost towns was the winner and then they went with spire city because frederick uh frederick's nickname is the uh, city of clustered spires because of all the all the churches downtown so that's it, it which which is definitely an interesting and it, it, it grew on me more and more over the season it's a cool name and someone doesn't cool live name. in frederick and doesn't understand any history of it it's still a cool name right and and so and so they sort of they First of all, they not make a good first impression because they lost their, their first 13 games as a team. Ooh, uh, they they did, I think after that, they won on like a seven or eight game winning streak. And then they kind of played, kind of played 500 ball the rest of the way. So it, 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 it they, they did pick it up. And I know they, they sort of fell off again towards the end of the year. But yeah, it, it, it was, it was an interesting, I want to say experiment because they, are technically on hiatus now. <laughs> Would they be considered like an expansion team or yes. are they replaced? Yeah, they weren't replacing so, another team. Yes and no. So they're technically an expansion team, but they also technically were replacing the Kentucky Wild Health Genomes, which is another. Oh, yes. I remember them. They had some crazy tagline that I really liked. Yes, I but the thing is that G Wild Health Genomes team was never supposed to last more than a year. They were just a temporary team to get the league to an even number of teams. Which they're a convenience that, team? They were a convenience team. <laughs> it's like a pity date. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, you know, we have odd numbers, but I'll invite you along. And so now then Frederick takes over, and this is where it gets awkward again, because shortly after the season ended, Frederick's like, the Atlantic League wants us to go on hiatus because we're adding an 11th team in Hagerstown. And now we don't have an even number of teams again, so somebody needs to take the year off. And so, this so gives, you, gives you a chance to get your uniforms figured out while we take a year off? What the heck? So, so Does, Hager, does Hagerstown, Hagerstown come in with a name already? Is that yes, why? They, yes, they did. They, 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 came in, they came in prepared. They are the flying boxcars. Like the like the the airplane the the boxcar airplane. All right. Um, but yeah, so it's a very weird like existence and just general thing with this team. Like it's like the the whole thing is so bizarre. But 
Very interesting. I mean, I think the the thing is that long term, they the, so it's the same ownership group that owns the keys, the Frederick Keys, um, right. that owns the ghost towns, and the the long term plan for them is is they want to get reaffiliated. I mean, you know, who doesn't right after losing your sure. team? But you know, I think that right they're trying. I think they're trying some things as sort of like a stopgap for professional baseball because the keys. Like the keys got demoted to the the draft league, which is like effectively what the Rifkin League is, but just a uh, under the MLB brand mm-hmm. name. So, it, they they want to have like a professional team, and you would, I mean you'd think the Atlantic League would be a good way to get that going, but evidently there's still some still some kinks that need to be worked out, and so I don't know what their future is because I don't know if I've ever heard of a team go on hiatus after a year. And, re- and come back from that so but it seems like we're see. in a whole brave new world so we don't even know what could happen right we'll yeah. we'll have to see but i i do want to throw in another point real quickly is that i do technically have a part in the history of this team aside from just writing about it and covering it is that do you tell is that and i don't know if you, you you read what i linked on our little planning document but i did actually try out for the team because they had open tryouts in April right before the season started and I thought it would be so funny because I have not played baseball since uh like like regularly organized since since 2018 since 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 I graduated high school so it was five years and I was like it'd be so funny if I went in it was just like this washed up high mediocre high school baseball player (laughs) goes in Who's like, who's like, I know I'm going to fail, but it's going to be so funny, and I'm going to write an article about it. And I actually, for what it's worth, I didn't do horrible. Mm-hmm. I, I made contact. I actually sent some balls to the outfield in BP, which is like progress. Sure. <laughs> um, more than I was expecting, you know, for having not swung a bat in five years. Um, oh, and I did, I guess the other thing with that was I did do a little bit of BP prep before it, and I did throw out my back. So like, oh no, <laughs> yeah. So like the week leading up to it, I was like fully just taking multiple like Tylenol and ibuprofen every day. Had like the like icy hot patches. It was, and I was like, I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to swing a bat on sat on the Saturday. I did it. Luckily, I was, and it was fine. But um, there's there's some very good. So I I linked the article on the thing, but there's some very good photos in there. There's one of me. The only time I like whiffed at at a ball, I just make this grimacing face where I'm like, "Oh no, did I really just do that?" <laughs> and it's it's fantastic. So, oh my god, I, I'm that's gonna, a can't shameless to shameless self promotion. But if you want to <laughs> read read my trials and tribulations of trying out for a a team that maybe I maybe I was probably a good idea long term that I didn't get signed signed by. Because they don't exist anymore. Well, May, sure, it would have been a flash in the pan, but I yeah. like the story. I also like the fact that on a on a podcast normally hosted by women in their fifties, it's the twenty something that's complaining about back problems. <laughs> so yay for that! Yay for that! So back to the whole boyfriend situation, which you know these are the guys that we like because they're not only good at what they do, but they also clearly love the game, and there's something special about them that makes us want to hang out with them and learn more about them, whether they're it's philanthropic or interesting or funny or whatever. I am going to put, and sometimes when we profile these guys, mm. we find out that they're 
parent or their sibling or their significant other is also pretty cool. And we sort of posit the, well, can the girlfriend be a boyfriend? Because we like her a lot too. I'm going to actually put forth that all of a sudden the Diamondbacks are in contention for a boyfriend for me because of this thing that they did, which shows amazing community. Um, it's a little bit of a downer, but then it's an upper, so bear with me. Um, the general manager of the Diamondbacks, Mike Hazen, his wife passed away from a brain tumor a few years ago. And the uh, we have a history with the, the staff here at No Crying in Baseball with the brain tumors touching very close to our family and friends. So Mike's wife, Nicole, had a seizure in May of 2020, which is how she was diagnosed. She passed away 26 months later. But the important part of this, as far as the context, the boyfriend context, is how the community stepped up to support Mike and his family. Because this is, it, it's, it's really important. And part, it happened to our friends and family. We are very close-knit people step in and they take care of each other no matter what you need and it was fascinating for me to see this happen with a workplace the workplace happens to be a baseball team so what what was said about this community that stepped up to support mike and his wife and their four kids was the community was wherever he couldn't be and they still are and the reason was and this is a, this is like a teaching moment i really i try to promote this a lot they were very open with the medical situation with the updates, with how serious things were. They told everybody, their friends, their families, and their coworkers, and that gives people a chance to step in and help because they understand what's happening. You're not just suffering in silence. He, since like, he's been single parenting four school-aged boys, it was so hard. The Diamondbacks were so bad during this time. You know, he'd been care, caregiving for his wife, taking care of these kids, getting all this help. He did not want to go back to his job. He was like, okay, this, I got to be done. I got to just be with my kids. I can't. And his kids unanimously had to be unanimous. All four of the boys said, nope, dad, you got to go back to work. You need to do this job. This is important. You got to do this. So not only did they have all the coworkers giving him whatever support he needed, whether it's taking care of the kids or allowing him to work from wherever or leave early or whatever it was to make sure he was supported, but they also you know, they welcomed him back. It's like, this is your place here. You, you, you're one of us. You belong to us, which is really cool. Since that time, A, the Diamondbacks in the playoffs, it's, it's like an Orioles turnaround. They went from like mm -hmm. losing so horribly a couple seasons ago to being in the playoffs, which is freaking amazing. But also there is now a charity called the Nicole Hazen Fund for Hope, which was seeded with a million and a half dollars in donations from Major League Baseball and teams. Like not just not just the Diamondbacks, but other teams all put in money, including a quarter of a million dollars from the Diamondbacks ownership. And this organization funds research into new therapies and treatments for brain cancer. And this is just like this is a workplace, basically. It's the baseball context, but it's a workplace coming together to support somebody because he spoke up and said, this terrible thing is happening to my family. And they all said, we're here. We're taking care of this. And I was amazed by this. I was unaware of this. Apparently, he made this public a couple of years ago. I did not know this then, but I just read an article about it now. I'm like, okay, I am all in for the Diamondbacks because of this. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what else to add that you had that you didn't say, but it's just it's just amazing, right? Community, the way community can work, and you know, and the the, the way people people rally around each other, and the fact that again, like the you know the 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 instant reaction when everybody you know, first heard about it was like, oh, let's like chip in, we'll help you, we'll do whatever you, you know, throw you money or 
uh, what whatever you need will do it like that's 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 just awesome and that just shows a generally good uh good culture i know we're gonna we're gonna rag on the d-backs a little bit later but for um but just for uh for 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 for, for good for good news about them and just good news in general that's that's, yeah, that's, they they may quickly le- lose their boyfriend status, but yeah. as far as this concern is concerned, yeah. <laughs> we've got it. Hey, so this is the house cleaning portion of the season. Mm-hmm. If your if your team's not in the postseason, they're cleaning house. Yeah, um, I will say throwing Nats a little bit of a bone. They cleaned house on a lot of their player development staff, including their director, uh, John Watson, and a whole bunch of minor league staff. They, I I, I guess it's I think I think the the reasoning is they were there. To, to like rebuild and build it up and now that they've done that you know we can we can now transition into like we are here to win and we are here to turn these guys into superstars you know so um so 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 that's 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 the nats but the the bigger one um is the new york mets who are basically done a full clean house buck showalter not returning as mets manager I made the note, bring Buck back to Baltimore. I mean, all, he's he was instrumental 11 years ago and, and, and more recently than that. And As what, though? Like first base, base coach, where are you going to put him? I mean, I we've know. got like uh, the manager of the year you, in charge right now. You know, how, you know how people who just like they want, they just give him the ceremonial title like senior. Special doctor, assistant. Or, or yeah, like special assistant <laughs> to the general manager. Buck okay. Showalter, special assistant to Michael Hyatt. <laughs> okay. Or something <laughs> like that. Or special assistant to Brandon Hyde or... Nice. One of those, but the show Walter's not coming back. But the the one I didn't actually hear about this before was Billy Epler, the general manager, is out, and apparently he's been under investigation for some like phantom injured list shenanigans, which I I don't know the extent of it, and it sounds like something that every MLB team does, quite frankly, and like maybe he just got caught, maybe they needed an excuse to get rid of him. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, like yeah, it seems that like, one's a like... little weird. Like two days after they put, was it David Stern? Is that who they put in in place? I think. Like, I think, like two days yeah. after he was, you know, he was named the the you know the next guy. Epler surprisingly resigned because he yeah. had a good relationship with Stearns. But I think that was when the, it was made public. This investigation was happening. I have no idea what this like misuse of the injury list is. I mean, are you like just putting people there who aren't actually hurt so you can move people around on the roster? Is that yeah, what we think it is? I think that was, I read, um, uh, just read like a brief ESPN sort of, I guess, overview of it. And I think that sort of is that they were putting players who were struggling or who maybe weren't like injured, quote unquote, on the injured list to, to sort of do some personnel changes, move some money around. Cause, uh, I mean, you know, yeah. the way the, that uh, what's his face? Um, Steve Cohen loves to just throw any and all millions and billions of dollars at, at problems and just hope it, sure. it goes away. So I, I think I think that's another case of them trying to weasel their way around that, yeah. weasel their way around the luxury tax, or maybe get it lower because they were paying some like some record record luxury tax this year. So who knows? But yeah, there were some some shenanigans. And again, it's one of those things where it's like I feel like every team probably does stuff like that to some extent that, yeah. but maybe they crossed some sort of threshold that was like okay now you're being a little too crazy <laughs> with it yeah so. this is egregious or, or you're not covering yeah. your tracks very well or we can't even sort of believe this yeah yes 
Yes. Hey, so there's this crossover happening between baseball and and uh, live music, and I want to talk about it for mm-hmm. just a second. Yeah, man. So you may or may not have seen if you if you watched the O's Rangers game yesterday, Joan Frickin' Jet sang the national anthem. We've talked about her before as a longtime O's fan. So this is not her first time singing the national anthem for the O's. She sang it in 1995 on the occasion of Cal Ripken Jr.'s 2,131st game, which was the game which she broke Lou Gehrig's record of consecutive games played. So, you know, it's a couple years later. The voice is still good. <laughs> she was a uh, she looked a little bit more conservative than last time I saw her appear at an O's game. That's okay. A little bit of respect there. Also, that very same day, across the street from Camden Yards, a few hours after the game, there was a Billy Joel, Stevie Nicks sold-out concert at Ravens Stadium, which was already tricky because playoff game. The playoff game at Camden Yards had an hour rain delay, which means it didn't start until after two. So those games were going to – they share parking. Those two facilities share parking. And I just want to say also in town was a taco festival, which I'm sure really added – to the parking, but I want to give an award to the Baltimore banner for my favorite headline, which is traffic has Joel Knicks fans wishing they could go their own way. That, that made just, me happy. Just perfect. Just perfect. Just perfect. Also out in Arizona, Guns N' Roses moved lo- their location of their October 11th concert, which was going to be at Chase Field, which is now going to be home to a playoff game on the 11th, an NLDS game. They are going to some like a resort amphitheater. I can't imagine it's got the same seating, so I'm wondering if maybe Guns N' Roses didn't quite have the sellout crowd anyway. I don't know. I don't know, but they do send their congratulations to the Arizona Diamondbacks on making it to the next round of the playoffs, but they can't be all that excited about the move. No, I mean, you got to roll with it, I guess, right? Not a, yeah, you got to rock and roll with it. You got to rock and roll with it. That's um, right. That's right. I'm sure they'll, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure they're, they're, they'll be just happy playing a show. No matter. This is like no Nicky Lopez having to move his wedding because they were saying, oh, I'm with the I'm with Kansas City. I, the World Series is not going to be a problem. Uh, oh, no. Now I'm with Atlanta. I've got to uh, move my damn uh, wedding. Yeah. Yeah. No one expected the. the yeah. The, 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 this is this is where this is where sometimes your your managers or your schedule, your scheduling team or whoever, whoever in your, your management in the band needs to just look at the venues you have lined up and look at the time of year and just. Contingency plans. Yeah, contingency plans. Either contingency plans or maybe move this to November. Don't schedule a, a concert at a baseball stadium in October just on the off chance that even they if you don't know. think the team is going to be good, just on the off chance they they don't they, they they make the playoffs and they have to they have to rearrange. So I also am just curious how that would how just a concert there would sound because the only concert I've seen at a baseball stadium was. I saw Bruce Springsteen at Nats Park in 2012, and I know he just rescheduled his um, his other stuff. So I hopefully we'll get to see him again next year. But it, it, and it, it sounded good, but it's just like with the with the sort of the fact that it's a dome stadium too in Arizona. It's just like really, I I I always am curious how that. Well, and now they're in they an amphitheater. That. Now they're going to be this outdoor amphitheater at a resort. So it's this, kind of a this outdoor amphitheater too. that probably puts on these very nice like performances. Meanwhile, you have Slash up there just going ham on the guitar for like, right. for like two right. and a half not hours. Your, and, Axel, like, and Axel Rose screaming his head off. <laughs> not your usual singer songwriter sort of yeah. comfortable summer evening under the stars. Yep. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Hey, how about those twins? Twins finally win a playoff game for the first time since 2004. That's uh, I, mean, I guess all they need to do is not play the Yankees. Right? Yeah. That'll work. 
that'll help. Uh, and they technically the the wild card series do count as series wins. So it's their first series win since the 2002 ALDS over the uh, Moneyball Oakland Oakland A's. Wow. Yeah, which is wow. uh, which is which is a long time, long long that time. That is a for, long time for a franchise to have not won uh, in the postseason. But I think. I believe that was the long. I, I'm pretty sure that was the longest uh, postseason uh, postseason victory drought in in major professional sports. So that was. I, I don't know. I don't know who's taken up that mantle now, but they are. They uh, they 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 just got to keep going, and I don't know. Maybe Houston's a tough draw. It is, and I know nobody really expected anything of the Twins, but maybe they'll. I, I'm pulling for them at least. I do I love an underdog. I love an underdog. I don't want Houston yep. to win anymore. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and I guess the uh, the other, I guess if we're throwing it back to people who have first did things maybe twenty close to twenty years ago, <laughs> Joey Votto. He is he's not said whether he's coming back to Cincinnati. He knows he might be done. I, I think he's forty years old at this point. I think he does said he wanted to play one more year, but it's. Time's wrapping up, and he very sadly he got ejected for arguing balls and strikes in like the second inning of his very last game, potentially very last game in Cincinnati. So it's end of end of bygone eras. I was wow. I was thinking like a lot of these these players who I again I I sort of grew up with starting in the two thousands. There's less and less of them. I know Miguel. We talked about it last week on the podcast. Miguel Cabrera retired. Uh, we're, we're, we're dwindling in numbers from the 2000s. There's not, not that many left. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We're picking some new heroes. Hey, we're going to yeah. go on to the police blotter. Uh, we've got a couple things. Uh, we're going to include our labor report as part of the police blotter. Cause mm. it's, it's, it's a little, it takes me off a little bit. So there we go. And I get to make the rules. First quick one, um, Hector Neris, a Houston, uh, relief pitcher. If you remember at the end of September, he had this issue after he struck out Julio Rodriguez. Uh, he sort of menaced him a little bit coming off the mound as Julio Rodriguez was walking out of the batter's box and it caused a bench clearing kerfuffle. And uh, there were lots of accusations being made. Like um, Eugenio Suarez said that he heard anti-gay slurs being used by Hector towards Julio Rodriguez and I'm sorry, against, um, yeah, against Julio Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. And Hector Neris said in his apology, I absolutely did not. My mom brought me up better than that. So there's no, it doesn't, he's been fined. The point is he's been fined since. He was not suspended. He's apologized for it. J-Rod is not interested in that apology. He said, you disrespected me. You know, we were friends. We're not friends anymore. That was just bad news. But there was, there's no information on what was actually said, but it did cause the benches to clear. He was not suspended, which meant he was able to come in in relief in game one yesterday, which didn't work out so well for him because he gave up back-to-back -back home runs to Polanco and, and Lewis. So there's that. So there's some sort of consequence happening that way tell me why the diamondbacks aren't going to be my boyfriend yeah they uh they they've uh, found themselves in a little bit of a hot water for crossing a picket line and we we might be having to talk about them as scabs from here on out yep so basically they when they uh when they won their wild card series and they have to go to la to play the dodgers uh they the, the team booked them a stay at the jw marriott at la live uh, hotel. Now, the problem with that is that hotel, the workers at that hotel and at several other hotels in the LA area 
have been striking for better better wages and better conditions and all that since July. Months. This is not new. This is not this new. This is not something you could overlook. I mean, and this it's is there. Apparently, when they played the Dodgers, I guess, later late in the season anyway, they did this too. This is not the first time they have stayed at this hotel or at a hotel that is, you know, fallen under the umbrella of the workers here are striking. So it's like, it's like, not that it's good in the first place, but you can at least have plausible deniability the first time if it's like just recently happens. But at this point, any sympathy, any like potential gray area, that's thrown out the window. It's like, guys, you really have to know better than this and you have to pay attention. And especially because according to the Los Angeles Times, the MLB Players Association found out about this, told the Diamondbacks, hey, you should not do this. You should change hotels and provided them like a list of alternatives where like they did the work for them. Yeah, they were like, here you go. Like, these are hotels that are, like, approved for your use because the workers are not striking, and it probably, I'm guessing, would also fulfill whatever, like, team sponsor contract, whatever, because I'm sure all these teams have, like, deals with certain hotel brands. But it's like, here you go. Like, pick from one of these, not not this hotel where they're striking. And evidently that fell on deaf ears, or they just ignored it, and... So now everybody's kind of up in arms about it. Um, I do want to read uh, the statement that uh, Unite Local 11, which is the uh, local that uh, is um, these uh, workers are a part of. Uh, I do want to read read off a little bit of their statement because I think it's 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 very telling, and especially there's a very funny line at the end that I I want to um, I want to uh, put out there. So they said. We have learned that the Arizona Diamondbacks are staying at the JW Marriott LA Live ahead of their first MLB playoff game this Saturday against the Los Angeles Dodgers. This will be the second time the team has failed to respect the boycott of the hotel during the labor dispute at the JW Marriott. Workers at the JW Marriott LA Live and at multiple other hotels across the region have been fighting for a new contract since July and have participated in the largest hotel worker strike in U.S. history. Housekeepers, cooks, dishwashers, and bellmen have called for a boycott of Los Angeles area hotels until they win a wage that will allow them to afford to live in Los Angeles. The workers asked the Arizona Diamondbacks to honor their picket line and move to a hotel like the Biltmore Los Angeles or Weston Bonaventure that has agreed to provide a living wage. If one of the biggest sports stars in the world, Lionel Messi and Inter-Miami CF, can change hotels to support workers, so can they. In 2018, the New York Yankees ignominiously crossed a hotel worker picket line at the Ritz-Carlton in Boston. They went on to lose the series. <laughs> oh, so, excellent dig at the end, for that sure. Is, that is the kicker. Um, boo, Arizona. Wow. You guys really should know better than that. You shouldn't. It's like, again, I mean, yes, you know, support, support, support the striking workers. Don't cross picket lines. I, I Look don't at know. you with the official know. no crying in baseball yeah, statement right say, there. That's us. To add to that, it's just, it's as simple. Yeah, you as got that. it. Like, like you, you got it. It's just something you can't do, and especially after you have been told, and like the MLBPA is like telling you guys, don't do this. Like the players themselves, or, or the players' association at least, is like, come on, guys. Like we're trying to help you here, and so. Oh my good. gosh. Good uh, Arizona for that. Boo, Arizona. So I, I um, retract my maybe they can be a boyfriend statement already. Look, we, we you know, give it and then we take it away. Hey, um, somebody else who should know better was maybe told 
to know better. We'll see how it turns out. We may be closing a book on Trevor Bauer. If you remember, four women have publicly alleged sexual assault by Trevor Bauer. He, uh, he just reached a settlement of the sexual assault and defamation lawsuits with Lindsay Hill. We now know her name because it, she has released her name now. Um, most reputable journalism sources don't release names of women involved in these unless they have expressed permission. Lindsay is going to receive $300,000 from her insurance company, but there are no payments being exchanged between Lindsay and Trevor Bauer, either direction. There's no, nobody's paying off the other person as part of the settlement, although Ms. Hill is receiving money from her insurance. She, um, she's 29, she asked to be identified from here on out. That was at her request, saying that now the settlement has happened. She said, this is the first time I've ever been able to have my own voice since accusing Trevor Bauer. And she closes by saying, I can't stop Trevor Bauer ever, but if I make him think twice before doing that again, it's totally worth it. I don't know if that's going to be the case. He's, of course, probably taking this as a win because he just, you know, can't see past his own nose or other body parts that I want to mention on a family show. But um, yeah, I, I'm glad to see this is coming to an end that Lindsay Hill feels okay with. I don't know what's going to happen with these other accusations we'll see but um we may be closing a book on a really horrible horrible story about a horrible horrible human yeah and like i said the the, the thing that the thing that I, I i didn't want to see but i knew was going to happen is like all the worst people Ugh. and worst like barstool and outkick and all those are all celebrating this as a win for trevor and apparently he 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 you know he has a youtube channel he put out some video where he was going on about this and i'm like i don't care dude like come on man nope so well he's never played in major league baseball again that's for sure no he's and i i have no idea how he's even doing in japan because i don't don't, frankly don't care and don't want to know but like he's uh yeah i boo 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 trevor bauer boo trevor bauer yeah Yay for our crazy fantasy baseball league. Um, Alexander, we have to invite you to participate <laughs> next year because it's full of stupid rules. Ooh. And I'm the commissioner and it's sort of random. But, you know, the the season is over now. So we are going to declare Bono's boyfriends as the winner who finished over 200 points. It was a little sketchy there. So congratulations for your 201 point win. Other notable things. So El Contreras came in second and Razzle Dazzle at the last minute moved to third place. Sorry, my team has hurt A's suck. You were holding on to third for a while there, but Razzle Dazzle came up at the last week of the season. Uh, Wicked awesome team, number five. The kids at number six, man, you had number five and number four for a while. Sorry about that. The Short Kings are now the sole owners of seventh place. They were tied with Potty Mouth's Posse for a while, but they have taken that over. Potty Mouth at eight. At least the defense is good at nine. Me at number 10, where I've been almost the entire season, followed by the Sunny Slammers and the Bada Bingers. With the three of us, man, we are steadfast in our claim to the basement. But there you go. Um, Bono's boyfriends, expect your prize package in the mail. You might want to get a hold of us and make sure we have the correct address because it's going to be specially curated just for you. If you and yours are interested in playing with us next year, we'll give you our social media contacts in just a minute. You can reach out to us. What are you doing this week, Alexander? What's going on? 
Well, so the first obvious thing is more playoffs, you know, be keeping an eye on all the series, you know, hopefully hoping for the O's, pulling pulling hard for the O's. Um, I do I, I, I do like uh, Texas. I do like Texas. I think I don't know if I've told you the story how for a while the Texas Rangers, when I was really, really little, were my American League favorite. Oh, no. um, but yeah, so. And, and uh, my two of my roommates from college, one is an O's fan from Howard County, the other is a Rangers fan from Texas. So it's been a we are having fun in the fun in the in the roommates group chat about I that. Bet. But um, but yeah, so looking forward to just more baseball, obviously, uh, and then some non-baseball things. I am also a I think like like you a massive massive hockey fan. The Washington Capitals, near and dear to my heart, yep. uh, are in their in their old man stage of existence but they are going up against another old man team the pittsburgh penguins on friday to open the season so hopefully uh hopefully the caps win and hopefully they are less terrible than they were the last part of last season but i don't know we are setting the bar low we're under promising and hoping for over delivering all i know is that (laughs) one of their uh one of the guys they traded for in the first preseason game he like 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 broke something and is now out for like six weeks oh, oh. i don't remember what it was but he got oh. he got hurt and it's like that's not a good sign yeah it's inauspicious beginnings yeah um other thing for me is uh as a graduate of the university of maryland i have been following along with our football team doing surprisingly not terrible for once uh yeah they lost to ohio state yesterday but they you know what they they were playing better than them for two and a half quarters, which is more than they could usually say. <laughs> um, and so they have homecoming on Saturday against Illinois. So I'm going to be going there, catching nice. up with some old friends. Still weird to think that now this is technically my second homecoming as an alum and not as a student. Yeah. But that's only going to get weirder and weirder and weirder as it goes along. But You're such a freaking grown up. Yeah, I know. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. Not so bad. Hey, my immediate plan is um, shortly after we we uh, finish recording, I'm on to the Tacoma Foundation Beer Fest, where I used to uh, run the darn thing. Now mm-hmm. I have the distinct honor of just volunteering to pour beer for two hours, So, which is a much easier and more friendly gig. I can just, you know, everybody likes you when you hand them free beer. Right. <laughs> right. So that that's my plan. And also when I picked the early gig, the the three to five gig, I assumed that the baseball game was going to be in the evening. It's actually starting at four, which is halfway through my shift. But this whole thing is happening at the local VFW, which is the best dive bar we have with great big screens and baseball fans. So I think I'm just going to like move inside and watch the rest of the game with, you know, a hundred of my closest neighbors at a dive bar. So that seems like it's pretty OK. Yeah, that pretty okay. that's, a, that's a nice Sunday. Um, so, Alexander, I'm very excited that you joined us today. This has been super fun. I hope you'll come back sometime. In the meantime, where can our, our listeners find you? So I only have one form of social media that I use regularly. And even now, it's really just to sort of post my uh, post, just post my articles. I write it is on Twitter slash X slash whatever Elon Musk feels like calling it at the time. <laughs> uh, it is at Alexander Dacey. Uh, Alexander then D- Dacey is D-A-C-Y on Twitter. Um, I also, I actually don't think I, uh, I, I forgot it, that I now technically have a, like a blog newsletter thing that I only post once every like three months on, but um, it is just my name, alexanderdacey.substack.com. I 
Uh, that's where I'm trying to do a little more music writing because I'm a big music fan and want to nice. get a little more into that, try something new, do some stuff. Maybe if I have a, a sports project, like a sports data project that just pops into my head and I want to do it, I'll put it there. I don't really know what I'm doing with it. I just kind of am putting stuff on there and seeing how it works. So if you're so inclined to read me rambling, that's good. Um, and then in my professional, uh, professional work, uh, it was the Frederick News Post. Uh, it was based in Frederick, Maryland. So if you just go there and click on our sports tab on our website, um, or if you live in Frederick County, you can subscribe. We always like our print subscribers, but um, you know, feel free. You'll just see see my work pop up. I cover cover high schools in Frederick County primarily. So um, you know, we kind of have to do a little bit of everything. But yeah, that's uh, those, those are the three places. And I will say, if Twitter dies, uh, that presence is dying with it. I am not not signing up for to pay for Twitter. I'm not doing Instagram, not doing any of that stuff. I, I, I have a bit of an aversion to social media, but I, 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 Twitter is the one that I clicked with, and if it goes away, I'm going with it. <laughs> you know, you say you don't like adulting, but you sound like a grumpy old man just right there. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, if you want to complain about Alexandria being a grumpy old man or commend us on our excellent choice in emergency backup guest host, you can find us on. X, formerly known as Twitter, at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying and B-Ball. If you want to throw us a couple of bucks every once in a while, we'd love to have you help us break even on this show. It's patreon.com slash no crying in B-Ball. We want you to make sure you get your booster shots, that you fight the man because it's the right thing to do. You send your game balls to Meredith. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth, wherever you are. So you don't have to be the, you know, the weird goodnight potty mouth person at the end because that's just odd.